Welcome to another episode of the Grace Over Grind podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lacey C. Robbins of Robbins Nest Consulting, founder of the Everyday Business Conference, consultant to small and mid-sized businesses, and coach to women who are ready to use their knowledge, background, and expertise to build a platform and make more money. So I'm really excited to be talking with you today about productivity. Um, You know, welcome to another edition of the Grace Over Grind podcast. And as you know, ladies, part of my intention, uh, the main purpose, and even bringing this podcast to you is so that we can start to achieve more, but with more grace and less grind. Um, you know, the whole grace over grind, it's not just for me cliche, it really is about intentionality. You see, there's only so much time in a day, a year, a life <laughs> that someone has, and productivity generally can feel like, mm, you know, I have to squeeze it all in, right? I have to get more done. And a lot of times when we're thinking about not only ourselves, we're thinking about the teams that we serve, we're thinking about the organizations that we work for, work in, um, maybe even the organizations that we lead. And we can start to feel a little down on ourselves because we think, oh my gosh, I did not, you know, for example, inbox zero. I didn't get my inbox cleared out today, or I, you know, my meeting ran into the next meeting. So I became later and later in the day. I mean, there's a number of things that can come to mind, but on today, I'm really excited because I'm going to share with you my top three uh, strategies that have actually helped me to become more productive over the years. And I'm really hoping that they will benefit you too. But of course, if you have some additional ideas or suggestions, be sure to uh, leave them for me in a review of today's episode, because I'm sure there's another lady leader listening who could use this as well. So keep in mind, like, being highly productive or high productivity is really, it's a result of several things. It's not just about willpower, like some people might want you to believe, but it connects back to, um, and I read this actually in psychology today, but it connects back to your motivation, even your personality type, your natural talent, your personal training that you may have received or education, um, the environment that you're around, and even the support that you get from someone else. So like, for example, time management. So, um, you know, there was recently uh, an article out. There's a lot of articles actually that tend to feature, you know, the busy mom who gets it all done. She's a wife. She's a mom. She's cooking. She's cleaning. She's making it happen. She's running the multi-million dollar business. But what they often don't do is they don't always pull back the curtain on those articles to talk about the fact that, you know, she has a nanny for the baby. She brings in a personal chef or has her groceries delivered and a housekeeper that comes and, um, you know, everything is sent out to the fluff and fold. 
So others who are listening, they could start to feel a little down on themselves because they think, oh my gosh, how am I going to get it all done? If clearly XYZ woman is doing it, I should be able to do it too, right? But keep in mind, there are um, external factors that could really be impacting your productivity. Like, do you exercise? Um, Do you practice healthy eating? Are you getting enough sleep? Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, like the magic number for women is about seven and a half, seven point six hours worth of sleep per night. And um, you know, that sounds lovely, but I know for a lot of my sisters who are listening today, that may seem like a distant dream to be able, no pun intended, to be able to have 7.6 hours of sleep. But keep in mind at the end of the day, even though these three tips were um, ones that really helped me, your own individual productivity really is about one, your mental energy, um, you know, basically like your thought processes, right? And two, a sense of both your internal or external motivation. Like you, you seriously have to be motivated to want to be able to do that. So here are my top three um, productivity tips. So number one, and you know, it really came, I think, um, after reading Tiffany DeFue's book, uh, Drop the Ball, Achieving More by Doing Less, right? What I realized was people who manage to get a lot accomplished each day, they're not superhuman. They simply have a system, right? They simply have a system that's been put in place. And so one of the systems that she talks about is working less to do more, right? So I started trying to apply after I read this book um, by her last year, I started trying to apply some of the principles and the things that she speaks about. So one of the things that I've started doing is really thinking about Um, You know, how am I spending my day? How am I tracking my hours? Am I being as productive in the hours that I have as I could be? So you guys know I am a total research nerd. I love anything with research. Um, You know, I consider myself an avid researcher, right? And so a lot of times we can think, You can get more done by tracking your or tacking on extra hours, but it's actually not true. So according to a 2014 study by Stanford professor, John um, Pinkavel, he actually examined data from laborers during World War I. Now you might be thinking to yourself, that's so long ago, but it actually is still rings true today. So this is what he discovered, that the output um, was proportionate to the time worked up to 49 hours. So basically, if you worked for eight hours, you your output was effective up to eight hours, right? But anything beyond 49 hours, so, you know, a lot of us uh, typically are scheduled to work 40 hours a week, but we often can slip into 52, you know, 60 hours a week, right? But beyond that 49 hours a week, it rose at a decreasing rate that those who put in, for example, 70 hours have the same productivity as someone who worked 56 hours. So in other words, more time working didn't necessarily equate to more productive or better outcomes. So, you know, you might think to yourself, I'm going to put in a 10 hour day, I'm going to put in a 12 hour day, or you may be forced to put in a 10 or a 12 hour day. And really, 
it's not going to make you more productive just because you stayed longer. There is the law of diminishing returns. If you've never heard of that before, but in essence, that's the same thing. It essentially says that, you know, after a certain time of working, your brain gets to a point where you're not going to be as productive as to when you first started simply because da 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 it's tired. Your body is tired. Your mind is tired. And you really need to just call it for call it a day and, you know, give yourself a break. Right. So here's number two, which was really to join the 20 percent join or add the 20 percent rule. So what do I mean by that? No matter how crazy my day may get, I always make sure to carve out like, I mean, I am a ninja with this, y'all, to carve out at least 90 minutes of my day. So that's where the 20 minutes of an eight-hour day comes from, so that I can get to my most important task. I have to have those 90 minutes a day. So what does that look like exactly? So that might be um, I'm closing my office door. I'm working from home first thing in the morning rather than um, driving right into the office because the commute can be a little bit more crazy as opposed to if I just start the day at the house here. Because for me, and the research will speak to this, the traditional nine to five is dead. So if I start my day at home and can get twice as much done in that 90 minutes versus combating, you know, traffic trying to get to the office, why not, right? And so, um, you know, for yourself, your additional 20 minutes a day may even mean, um, uh, you know, letting the team members around you, turning your phone on silent, closing out your email so that you do not get distracted by it, right? I don't know if you guys saw floating around on social media, there's a picture of um, a person, I can't tell if it was a man or a woman, but I think it was a man, but they were working in a cubicle and they literally have tapped taped to their back, um, do not disturb, busy working on a project, something like that, because I will talk to you and get distracted, right? So it may come down to the fact that you have to be so intentional in protecting your time and productivity that you close your door or you put a sign outside of your cube that says, you know, busy working, come back later. And even if you find yourself um, that you can't do that, maybe somebody still comes and tries to disturb you, feel empowered to say, this is great. However, I'm busy working on a project. Can we come back later? Can we pick this up later? You know, that sort of thing. Protect the boundaries. And, um, you know, if you've been working with a team long enough, they'll realize it's not personal. It's definitely professional. And just like Dr. Lacey or whomever, um, you know, they have a job to do too, right? So here's number three. Since the beginning of time, many meetings can come together with no agenda. <laughs> and when I tell you that gets on my last toenail, when I go to a meeting and there's no agenda, why? Because everyone is busy. We all have things we're trying to accomplish. And when you don't have an agenda, in essence, that's kind of... um. No, it's not kind of. It is disrespectful of a person's time because this particular agenda is supposed to help to keep things on task, right? So many meetings, um, you know, that you might be scheduling, don't be one of the people who <laughs> don't have an agenda, right? Here's one thing in, um, that I've picked up 
which is trying to keep the meeting short, but limiting the agenda to three or more items. I'm not sure if that's something that you've tried before, but when you can limit the agenda to three or more items, it really can help to move the meeting along. Now, I realize that some meetings, it's just inevitable. You're not going to be able to do that. Um, and, you know, there's always, always that one that is going to try to get the meeting derailed. Um, maybe you might be that person. Uh, hopefully not. But if you do have people around you who try to get the meeting derailed with items that aren't on the agenda, create something called a parking lot. What that basically does is it still acknowledges the fact that they have this item that they want to have covered, but it doesn't use the precious meeting time to do so, right? Now, here's another thing. This is a ninja move that I use in my office is I use the meeting invite in the notes section to highlight my agenda items. So everybody knows what's going to be on docket to be discussed before they even get there. And then it makes it a lot easier to be able to send out follow up items. So everyone knows what's what's coming up next or what they're responsible for, because we all can see it listed right there um, in the agenda, listed right there in the meeting invite. So these are a few things that I have found that have really helped me more so in the office. Uh, perhaps I'll revisit this um, if I'm thinking about home and the home life because productivity at home is also vital and key. I know a lot of my lady listeners are instant are individuals who are literally we are doing it all right we are looking fabulous feeling fabulous living fabulous lives and so we need to be able to do so um, you know strategically and gracefully so perhaps I will revisit this productivity my top productivity tips for the house or um, you know as a wife as a bonus mom um, if that's something you think you'd be interested in let me know From the classroom to the boardroom. So as we've been talking about today, um, all about prioritization, my top pro productivity types, uh, excuse me, productivity tips that changed my life. Um, you know, again, I want to remind you that people who manage to get a lot accomplished, you are wondering how do they always have nothing left on their to-do list. Remember, it's about systems, not the fact that they are superhuman. So here are some things that you can do to start to make prioritize prioritization. Let me say that five times fast. To start to make prioritization a priority. So if you really are ready to get more done, it starts simply with this. You must be more mindful of your everyday choices. Remember, what seems impossible today is everyday business in your future. So that all begins with your choices. So here are two things that you can start to do today when it comes to your prioritization and making it a priority. Well, first and foremost, you want to follow your brain. So you already heard me talk a little bit about the law of diminishing returns, and you have to remember that we can't operate at peak performance all day long. Think back to Mark Twain and his quote, eat the frog first, right? Which basically means um, like if you start with the most difficult thing 
everything else throughout the day will fall into place or be a lot simple, simpler to apply or deal with. So if I'm eating the frog first, that means at the top of my day, like for me, my most productive time is first things in the morning. For some people, they're night owls. They feel like they can get a lot done at night. But whenever that might be for you, um, you want to make that designated time to be when you are super zoned in to your 20%, that 90 minutes of your day to get those tough tasks completed. So for example, I personally will um, like work on a proposal or um, a planning project for a client, or I might be, re- you know, revising um, a keynote speech or, or talk that I'm prepping for. But as the day continues, when I start to get a little bit more tired, um, you know, I'm not as sharp or focused. Keep in mind, I'm very much um, adamant for taking breaks as my brain is telling me to. You also may find yourself that, um, you know, start to do the more relatively mindless task of your day, right? So for me, that might be um, just, you know, responding to my routine emails, sending out um, the updated podcast uh, items to guests that I've had, um, maybe, you know, inviting more guests to be a part or updating my tracking system. Like all of those things, they you know, it doesn't take a lot of brain energy for me to do those things, right? And I can still get a lot accomplished within the amount of time. So here's the second thing that you can do when it comes to that prioritization. You can practice strategic procrastination. Yes, (laughs) you heard it right. I am advocating for procrastination. Let procrastination patty come on in. But what I mean by that is um, to be strategic in doing so, right? It's not about waiting to the last minute to get it all done. Although, yes, I have totally been guilty of that. But in order to practice strategic procrastination, you have to focus on the urgent or meaningful activities first and let some other things slide. So what do I mean by that? Well, for example, in the robin's nest, we open the mail once a week. Yep, it piles up in a beautifully designed basket. And once a week, we go through the mail, sort um, sort it, uh, place it into different piles. Like, for example, is it a bill? Is it junk mail? Is it a correspondence? So on and so forth, right? Because think about it, guys. These days, nothing super, super urgent will arrive with a postage stamp on it. Most people are going to call you. They're going to email you. Um, a lot of us have, like, for example, our bills set to um, uh, auto withdrawal or um, auto pay. And so, you know, that being the case, it works for us that we open the mail like once a week, right? And I will say, however, if I happen to notice in the mail something that is personalized, like uh, an invitation, for example, I do tend to open that right away because, hello, we rarely get mail that way anymore. And so while some may say um, to touch you know, any piece of paper or an email just once and then be done with it, I tend to lean on the other side. It's okay to move to to move that less pressing work, less pressing paperwork, the less pressing emails into a separate folder or into a separate pile and, you know, deal with it later. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Um, but again, it's about being strategic in your procrastination. So what are your tips to make prioritization a priority for you? 
be sure to let me know. You can send it to me via a DM at Dr. Lacey C. Robbins, or you may even consider writing it down in the comments of this particular show notes. I would love to be able to hear from you and let's keep this conversation going. Now, if you haven't done so already, please consider liking, sharing, and subscribing to the Grace Over Grind podcast and offering a five-star review because it would mean the world to me. Did this show help you at all? Was this particular episode um, beneficial for you? Did you find one of my top tips as to one you're ready to start with? Don't forget to let me know. And as I always say, ladies, from process to practice, grab your stilettos and let's go. And I look forward to seeing you soon.